You're listening to Hey everyone, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, love, family, and life and modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. And welcome to my virtual living room, everyone, where we get to talk about different featured topics with special guests, sometimes alone. But I'm really excited to share that we have a featured guest today to talk about something that's really important to me. I think that this is a topic that is very timely and very important, especially in today's climate, um, when we're talking about race and culture and just generally how we're interacting as a society with one another And I'm not limiting this to the United States where I live, um, but to the global community as, you know, technology has allowed us to become more global. And I'm really excited because what I've seen from the data is that this podcast is actually reaching a more global audience, which is so exciting. So thank you all for joining in. Today's guest is an amazing, amazing woman. I've gotten to know her over the last couple months more and more and more today because we get to sit down and talk. But this woman um, is an actress, a writer, and a dancer. Her her content, by the way, on her Instagram is on point and super inspirational. Um, I got to meet her through her work on the feature film Gook, which is directed and written by a friend of mine, Justin Chan. Um, but I would love to welcome Omono Okoje. Hello. Hello. <laughs> welcome to the first of all. Thank you. Thank you. But first of all, and I told Minji this, her voice is ridiculous. Are you guys listening to this? <laughs> Are you I'm listening like, to Omono's voice? No, no, no. I'm going to hear this and cringe. I always No, cringe. no, 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 no. It well, that's me. part of the art, right? Nah, it's part of yes. the, the career. And um, yeah, I just, I can't wait for people to know more about you. Cause I think everyone should know about you and your work and just your spirit. Cause we got to meet each other. I moderated a panel that you spoke mm-hmm. on to talk about Gook. And, and this is actually a good segue is just kind of talking about this film, which touched upon the LA riots, the day that it started, mm-hmm. which the story is set on that day and really kind of the dynamic because this film featured predominant or only asian and black yeah. castmates there like no white major characters right which was like yeah. a point of like a, an interesting point of conversation for some people and even in the creation of this film like there's question marks from multiple people involved um and and telling a story in this in this capacity because for me i feel like this is a story that's often untold mm-hmm. not often it's pretty historically you can't think of a lot of examples. I can't think especially of especially that cross section of like black and Asians. Right. You know. Right. So before we that that is our feature topic for today is to just kind of talk about the minority experience from both of our perspectives, me being Asian American and you being black American. And um just how that plays out because I think I don't know. I just feel tingles because this is a conversation I've been wanting to hear and I don't. So I'm excited to have this conversation. But before that, I really, can you quickly kind of give us your synopsis of like a little bit of who you are, where you come from? 
I am a millennial trying to figure out my life. As we all are. Not all. But, <laughs> um, no, um, I, like Minji said, I'm an actress, writer, and a dancer. I'm a slasher. Yes. If you live in LA, you know what that means. Slash mm-hmm. everything. Um, so I was born in Nigeria. I was born in Lagos, Nigeria. And I moved to the States when I was 12. Mm-hmm. So I, I, was, I was a grown woman, you know. Yes, of course. <laughs> We're all grown at 12. Right. I really thought I figured out my life. Oh, not God. Let's not even get me started on my 12. 12 year old <laughs> kind of want to go back there and shake her a little bit but i i don't even want to experience that again especially <laughs> moving here was so oh my god middle school is horrible right just like you're the new kid from africa it's just like and it's not a mean girl's funny skit it's like no it's legit it's legit real life yes anyway so moved to the states when i was 12 um always wanted to be in entertainment but african parents are like so when's law school happening? Of course. My mom still asked for my resume to like submit for jobs for me. I'm actually not joking. She's and I'm like, really... you are ridiculous. But <laughs> the more like the the more things happen for me, she's like, I always knew. Oh my I always god. Knew I saw that spark in you. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. I knew you're so talented. When you were trying to get me to be a lawyer. Of you course. Didn't, you didn't know all that. Like giving you an LSAT right. for sure. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly. I was like, you're so ridiculous. But no, no, no. My family has been great. Um, and so I started dancing when I was really young, but more so in high school. I was a cheerleader in high school. I could see that. Really? I would be inspired. Well, people said that about me, but I was more the leadership geek. Oh, you were in leadership? Yeah. That was you. <laughs> I was like, hey, you guys, prom's coming up. What's our theme? Okay, I have 12 ideas. Hold on. Oh, my God. Oh. I was the most... I don't want to say lackluster cheerleader. It was very, it was dance based, but like, I just didn't have face. Okay. Like my face was stone cold. Got it. But you had the technical but stuff I down. Yeah. My you coach had was like, come on, give me life in the face. <laughs> um, so but, tangent, but my coach is amazing and built us as a cheer squad so much. I think I retain a lot of things from her yeah. in terms of just work ethic and going bullheaded into things, even when you're unsure of yourself. But anyways, all I'm those glad you had someone like that in your life. That was my leadership teacher. It's necessary. It is. It's very necessary, especially yeah. because, especially, how many times can I say especially? Moving here um, as an immigrant, I think you kind of close into yourself more mm-hmm. because you're in a new space and mm-hmm. it's a new culture. And so I needed people to push me to kind of, to force myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And that's trickled into the field that I'm in right now. When did you, and when did you decide that dancing slash acting and now, you know, you, I remember when we did our panel that you shared that your family, you come from a family of writers. I do. Yeah. I do. Which is incredible. Right? So crazy. My parents were journalists. And That's they so met, amazing. Um, working for Vanguard in Lagos. So my father was a sports journalist and would travel with the Nigerian soccer team. And my mother had a, a column. It was called the lipstick column. And she could just write about whatever fancied her. That's so, yeah. amazing. <laughs> I'm literally like, let's make a movie about that. Cause I, that's not a, you know, a standard. I guess, right? Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, my dad's, my dad was the engineer. Well, this is all in Korea too. This is actually, they have like a, like a very K drama childhood <laughs> meet. Like he lit, he told me, I found this out recently that when they met, my mom told me it was at a bus stop, like there's two mutual friends, but when they, like when he made his intentions known, it was at a bus stop and he literally did the K-drama move where he takes her books to like be chivalrous, Uh-oh. but he does it in this like super cold, like I got this. What? You like, must talk to me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're my girl now. I just like, and I'm like, really? 
Really? That was your move dad? That was your dad? I think he was like 16. Anyway. That's my parents, like high school. But I think that's so amazing that they're both like journalists and like really pursuing their passions and that's how they meet. That's dope. Yeah. So then you have it in your blood. I suppose so, right? Yeah. And it's so funny. I wish I had more um, hard copies of their work. Yeah. But I've Googled them and somebody transcribed something that my dad did. Really? I don't have a relationship with my dad anymore, unfortunately. And it's just, I think writing is, not writing especially, any kind of work, whether it's writing, songs, blah, 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 it mm-hmm. immortalizes you, right? Yeah. And so just getting to see who he was, it was just really cool. That is really cool. Really, I was like, whoa, you're funny. <laughs> you <know? laughs> That's why I, I just went yeah. up to you is all. Right, there you go. So it's, it's really, it's really cool. That yeah. is really cool. So you've been dancing. So you've been dancing since high school. I mean, this is just part of who you are and like you've been building that. And when did acting start? It was like. So when I moved to the States and especially as a grown 12 year old, as a grown 12 year old, so grown. I'm not even joking. I would, um, <laughs> I would call agencies. Shut I'm up. not, I'm so serious. <laughs> And I would put on a British accent. This sounds so stupid. I want to hear I it. My British accent's actually really good. That and is my so Australian sexy. I love accent. it. I uh, love. We'll do that another time. Okay. But um, I would call agencies and put on a British accent because I thought it made me sound older. Of course. And I was like, hey, you know, so I just want to. <laughs> I have this up and coming actress. Just want to find out info on how to meet with you. And they're like, get out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and now you? that I'm in the industry, it's like it was probably their front desk, like person or whatever right, like, right, right. please go away yeah the receptionist yeah so um when i moved here i i was like i can do this like what i was so confident i was like i can be an actor i'm so much better than all the people on there and people would come to me in the mall with my mom and give us flyers and we'd go and read for stuff that's amazing and i wouldn't what city was this, by the way? It was when, LA. LA. Okay, this so is the you, valley. So you're the you're in the land of the yes. land of the stars. That I think places where you grow up very much so influence who you become. For sure. And I don't. For sure. Perhaps I would have ended up in entertainment if I moved to another city. I don't know if it would be as quick or as easy, right. As I was able to because I was in the valley. Like, well, I'm a very big believer in destiny and like synchronicity and things happening for a reason. So I think, you know, the universe brought you where you're supposed to go mm-hmm. and, and you had that itch. And so where did you go to high school? I'm just curious now. Cause now that I understand LA, cause you know, I'm from the Bay, but I have a general understanding of the dynamics of each part of LA, which are very, very distinct for all of us global so, listeners yeah. who don't know. Yeah. But where did you go to high school? CHS go Cleveland high school. <laughs> I told you as a cheerleader. <laughs> but you have heart. You're like so light now. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to yell. I'm, I'm very conscious. Of you're that. good. I you're don't know good. If it's going to be like, Meh. you're good. But yeah, Cleveland High School in Reseda. Reseda. Cavaliers. Very, very suburban. Reseda is yes. definitely the suburban part of Los Angeles. Yeah, not, the valley. Is yeah, also, the valley. Yeah. It's not as hustly bustly. So definitely not. Not as diverse either. You know what? I didn't even realize that until I would hang out with people from elsewhere. Not as diverse. Really? Um, a very big Latino population. Okay. Not a lot of black people. Okay. And you would think that that would be a, a high stark contrast coming from Nigeria. But I was just like, oh, this is the norm. And then I meet people from other parts of America. They were like, no, there's no black people in the valley. I was like, oh. Oh. Good to know. How, when did you become aware of that? Man, I don't even know. Like after high school or? Not after high school, but maybe, maybe my freshman year of college. Okay. But okay. I was, I was 
grown. I knew everything. Yeah, all the things like, of the world. Family members would come and be like, no, there's no black people here. Because I have family in Atlanta and Houston. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, yeah. I still haven't been to those places. Um, oh, you, you, you got to go. Shop. I love both of those cities. Yeah. There's actually, in both Houston and Atlanta, there's huge Korean slash Asian yeah. populations. And in, in addition to the, it's very, very diverse. And there's a huge Nigerian population in those really? communities, too, or in those States. So I was telling you earlier that like when I was in middle school, why the movie that you did with Gook meant so much to me was that the 90s in particular was such a like definitive part of the Asian American experience, I guess, because that's really when, you know, we're, we're part of this. I'm personally part of the wave of Asians. Um, I'm the child of the wave of Asians that came in the late seventies, early eighties, right? So I was born in California and there's a huge like, surge of Asian Americans that were born during that time mm-hmm. where they're like come from Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese families. And then they're born in the eighties and nineties. And that time was like super important because the riots happened. And why I thought Gook was so important was because it was showing the conflict between the black community and the Korean community in particular, because that's a lot of what it happened in K-Town, right? Like a lot of these businesses that were burned down, there was a lot of conflict and, and a lot of the coverage that was on that topic was really going into the the conflict between the black community and the white community. But like the Korean community yeah. was what was burned down and that was a lot of conflict there. And I'm still learning about that. And then I feel like my childhood was really influenced by the aftermath of that. Like the surge of Asian pride and the ASEAN pride. <laughs> this is like AOL, AIM. <laughs> Zanga times where like people were really trying to take ownership of their identity because I didn't even know like that's still being defined to this day what it meant to be Asian American. So there's these certain markers of like the fashion, the, the online content that we consumed slash made and the styles of like cartoons that like there's this whole like this is very unique to the, the Asian pride era but there's like Johnny Angel there's this Vietnamese cartoonist who like made all these Asian looking cartoons of like it literally was graffiti tag of like Asian pride like it was just everywhere I would put this on my textbooks. Cool. It's cool. And then it's like, just like, well, you know, cause we're grown 12 year olds. I'm there just like, go. really though? <laughs> like You thought that was so cool, but it's a special part of my identity that I feel like, again, never gets acknowledged or like shown in any sort of mainstream way, which is why Gook was like having something put into a film gives you a sense of acknowledgement it that does. like, it's so powerful. Isn't yeah. It? Like you're like, I exist so and people somebody somewhere is going to care or understand a little bit more as a result of that. So that's why, you know, I can't continue articulating how much that movie meant to me. And I feel like it's been a gateway for a lot of other Asian Americans to feel like we matter and that we have more stories to tell and kind of, I I can't wait to see what comes out of this and your performance being the sister, which I am you (laughs) in life, you play the middle sister and like this caretaker and gatekeeper and protector and like, you know, so many different things in the role that you played in Gook. I related to so much. And again, seeing that story from, I'm not, you know, your, your representation of your community and your experiences and being juxtaposed to Justin and David and their brotherhood and everything. Again, there's so many universal things and like same things of just like, you're just trying to protect your family, man. Just That's what to, everybody's trying to do, right? Right. Exactly. And so 
I'm just like, I don't even know. First of all, like I'm like halfway through the podcast. I'm like, first of all, <laughs> I just like, I'm so curious as to like how, cause I got to hear that. But I would love to, you know, get this to our audience, how that was for you to be part of a story like that. And like what it's been like since then, like the types of conversations you've had. And I saw it even on your Instagram, like having the poster in, in Chinese. I know. All of that is incredible. That was crazy. And I want to hear all about that it. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, it was the first word that pops into mind. It was just super educational. I didn't even know what the word meant. Gook? Yeah. Yeah. When I auditioned. Yeah. Slash when I booked it. <laughs> slash even after. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know like a mean? learning process. Yeah. Like, I knew what it meant, but I didn't understand the history really, 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 really. And so it's, it was very educational, very, mm-hmm. very educational. And I think as an actor in the film, I'm representing part, I'm representing half of a community that isn't much so represented. Right. 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 And, even playing that part, I wasn't aware about how infrequently real stories from the other community, the Asian community, how infrequently those stories are, are projected. Mm-hmm. And like you said, when you see something in film, it validates you, especially think when you're younger, right? You see things in film. It's like, oh yeah, it's real. Mm-hmm. No, this is a real thing. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was educational. Not only from Justin David, you know, all the other actors, the Asian actors in the film, but people in my life, people from high school who were reaching out to me like, what the heck? You're involved in this? That's crazy. It's like all these like kids I went to school with, you know what I mean? Asian kids, but I never really understood their story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You kind of do, but it's just like, eh. I'm in high school. I got my own problems. Nobody, you don't really think about it that way. Right. And so it was nice to be able to feel like... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it was nice to be able to kind of be put on a on a public scale like that where people could reach out to me. People that I've known for so long could reach out to me and start sharing things that things that I never knew they had to deal with. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It's and I think that again, just this this world has been a pretty it's been pretty discouraging in a lot of ways. And, and you and I have an age difference and everything. And again, you're from Nigeria. I grew up in California. These are really different experiences, but I think what we're very blessed and very lucky to experience through the artistry and through storytelling is to kind of step back and create, like you have to relive these characters, right? And me, even being a viewer, I get to kind of empathize and understand. And so I don't know. I'm just like, I feel like we're, there's like both a privilege and a responsibility mm-hmm. in being a creative to oh address God, this, yes. this, this stuff. Like th- there's layers and mm-hmm. layers of stuff under there. Yeah. Um, because I've been conflicted as an American, even like, for example, say with like K-pop and like with Asian artists trying to at times appropriate black culture blatantly. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this. Cause like, I don't feel Korean enough to like say anything sometimes. And then I'm, I feel more American, like in different, like you wear different hats, yeah. right? And like your identity is so shaped by where you grew up and how, cause to me, I grew up in, in California and because there were no Asian stories, like literally, you know, if ever, I grew up relating so much more to like black culture. Because an African-American content that I saw, like film and music, because 
not just because I didn't have Asian, but just because it resonated with mm-hmm. me. I loved the the message of like hip hop and I felt the similar injustices of like not being heard and like, you know, it's a different narrative for sure. It's All like, you Bay Area kids. I think of David too. Is it? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The only like, other one I know. I'm just looking at me. I'm <laughs> I know everybody. No, but it's fine. We're all like that. But yeah, I mean, like, that's all I grew up with. And so I don't know, like, I feel I felt this weird triangulation of like, I don't even know how to feel about anything. I don't know what I feel right to say, or, or condemn or judge, you know what I'm saying? But I did feel a lot of different things. Gosh, it's so tough, man. It's, it's tough. It's interesting. It's tough. I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna keep tough because yeah. it's true. Like you said, you have to wear different hats. Yeah, and especially okay. So obviously, I'm black, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a very there's a stark difference in African American culture. Yeah, and African mm-hmm. American culture. I pause as in African, like Nigerian American culture, Kenyan American culture, blah 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 blah. Wherever you're from right. in Africa, it's very different from the African American experience. Very different. Mm-hmm. And even I, to this day, I still feel, I try to balance the two. I try to toggle the two. I try to marriage the two. Yeah. So I'm hearing you speak and I say tough because you're not even, you don't show black. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's even tougher to, to speak up about anything. Like I can say stuff sometime. And even if I'm, I'm conflicted internally, yeah. people will take what I say as, okay, truth or as a valid valid quotation mark right perspective because i show black right you know yeah so oh my god it's 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 deep yeah and that's i love that you bring that up because you know this conversation i I don't know i just feel like it's very special i'm very honored to be having this conversation (gasps) with you and i'm honored to be here because um personally i mean i've learned over the years how much i don't know and i actually what? You're not 12 and grown anymore? I'm like not 12 and grown. Like <laughs> since I was 12, I have like actually diminished what I know. And it's just funny because the older I get, the more I appreciate that I'm aware that I don't know a lot. Because there's people who d- think they know. Right. It's like the opposite trajectory. Trump. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's literally since that has happened, it's been a year, just over a year and damn it, like it's been hard and it's kind of made everybody step back and be like, what is it that I know? And what is it that I don't know? What is it that I think I know? Um, and race has been such, it's a tough topic to even start. Mind you, we're all exhausted from like, are we going to have a nuclear war? And like, are we going to like lose our rights, like our basic human rights and healthcare? Like, like really choose your, choose your topic of what's going to like distress you to no end. But race is like something that at least in, you know, the states that I've dealt with my whole life and watching this conversation or lack thereof go for the last, you know, three plus decades of my life. And people haven't been able to, to break it down into the nuances, like what you're saying, like African American versus African. American and you came at 12. So I feel like you're kind of like at, you spent half your life international and then half your life now trying to get acquainted with mm-hmm. even like the dynamics of what it means to be, to be black in America. Right. And straight up, I know that there's been a lot of racial conflicts between Asians and, and the black community. Like I know that that exists and it's hard because again, I feel like I've grown up so such a fan of African-American culture that it feels, I feel ashamed. Like I feel it's, it's hard for me to, to know that there are people that show Asian and that are blatantly racist 
and that it still exists in Asia a lot. Mm-hmm all the time and like that makes me feel like makes me want to shun like i'm not related to them like i'm american you know what i'm saying like you get to try to choose, choose like where hat. you are where your hat yeah. it what hat you're wearing because you're like i don't i don't connect with that that's not a representation of who i am but then i feel a responsibility like i don't know oh. i don't know what i can do to like well, am i supposed to go to china and then korea and be like yo stop being <laughs> such assholes <laughs> what is wrong with you i will say this though and i think minorities, whatever minority you are, woman, racial minority, blah, blah, blah. You are not representative as an individual for your community. Right. You cannot, you cannot do that to yourself. You are not representative of whatever community you show, quest, quotation mark. Right. Um, Patrice Colors is one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. And I've known this woman since high school. She used to work at our high school, she was, I don't even know what her title was. Like, I don't even at know. At all the high was. schools in Reseda, California, Cleveland, Highland. Um, that's crazy. So crazy, right? And something I've learned from her and just kind of watching her grow, there is that responsibility to educate. And there's a lot of times where there's instances where I can speak up about race or something and I choose not to Mm -hmm. because it's a choice ultimately because I'm just like I'm tired I don't want to do this anymore I don't have to teach you blah 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 right 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 right. but it's like mm, the older I'm getting the more I'm realizing I don't know and the more we realize other people don't know there is that responsibility to share not only with our communities when our communities do stuff or do things that are just like, what, what, what are you even doing with yeah. your life? Um, <laughs> why exactly? And I mean, hey, as again, an African in America, there's African culture that feels superior to black culture. There's even that layer, th- those layers. Right. Anyways, so I think that there is a responsibility the more woke you are, right? To share and educate and step up and use whatever platform you got. And you've, I feel like, and that's what I'm very curious, like, because you've mentioned these things, I feel like there's, there's a way that everybody chooses to go about it, right? Either they can become kind of like the spokesperson and you kind of self-appoint yourself, like, look, I have some stuff to say, which, you know what? I, I'm not going to hate on it. I think by doing that, you're inviting more criticism, but hey, if you're up for it and maybe that's the evolution and growth of your narrative and what you understand, what you don't understand by all means. Then there's the people who are kind of like, I didn't mean to become a representative or spokesperson. And I feel like a lot of artists kind of end up in that category. And, you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. I was thinking about that recently. And I saw your Instagram thing about China and like, you know, you you don't shy away from it. You're addressing it, but you don't make it all about that. You're just like sharing your experience, which I totally respect because that's just like what you know. And honestly, I learned learned from that because I was like, look, I'm not here to preach at you. I'm just here to share my thoughts. I just want to share it. Um, What Minji's referencing on my Instagram, I posted a poster of our film, and after Ava DuVernay refused to say the name, I feel weird saying the name too. But anyways, I posted a poster of our film written in Chinese characters and I made a reference to people I know and the black experience in specifically Hong Kong and I think Korea I mentioned in there and how black people have shared struggles of living in in Asian countries. That's what Minji's referencing. Yes. But anyways, keep going. Yeah. Well then, I, did you, have you gone to Asia yet? No. 
I've never been. Do you want to go? I do. I do. And it's, I wrote in that post that, and I, I truly don't think that the things people have shared with me will dissuade me from going. That's awesome. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's something that's in my mind. And I hope it doesn't become a self-fulfilling prophecy where I start not seeking it, but I don't know. Are you down to share like what you've heard from people? Yeah. So I have a a cousin, hi precious, um, (laughs) who studied in Hong Kong for two years, three years. I don't know. And she was like 17, super young and just a teacher telling her like, Oh, you're trying to, she speaks Chinese or Mandarin. I'm sorry. Um, and a teacher telling her, Oh, no, 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 you're not going to be able to pick this up because of where you're from. She's Nigerian. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, like bruh. No, exactly. <laughs> I can pick up whatever I feel like exactly. So just things like that. Um, I was in an airport, in an airport. I was in LAX. Um, and this lady that I ended up making friends with, she's black, was telling me, cause I used to have my hair out. Um, we were talking about black hair and she was telling me about, um, her nieces that were in, where were they? I don't remember. I think they were in China and just people like going up to them and pulling their hair and, you know, like people taking pictures of them when, and not asking or asking yeah. just the zoo animal feel, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. My friend Noel commented on my Instagram post. He's an actor as well about his sister and people, um, his sister would get into a pool. I think she was in Korea and, as soon as she would get into a pool, everybody else would get out of the pool. You know what I mean? And these aren't, it's not subtle, right? It's like yeah. boom in your face. Yeah. Um, so I've heard over the years, I've accumulated little tidbits, things like that, that have That's shaped, mad, they shape kind of what, what you think of these countries. But at the same time, you know, it's not, that is, it, that can't be the only sliver. Of course. And let's be honest, being black, traveling while black is a thing, right? Hashtag, I forgot the hashtag, but anyways, it's a thing. You know that you're, it's unfortunate, but I just feel like being black, it's, you just know that you're gonna, now you're going to, you may yeah. come across something. Yeah. And it's yeah. gonna be because of your race. Right. Something. Right. I always think about, you know, people like, if I could go back in time to any, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know where I would go. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. wanna go to any decade. Yeah. Where? Why? Wh- why and where? Where? Yeah. Where am I gonna go? Yeah, like I'll go to before colonization, which is that's a f- like it's a funny thing because I I hear everything you're saying and then I also f- I feel that way too, and then I've heard and I feel like there's a, again so many layers and. We could spend all day talking about this, but I, you know, you have an audition and I want, <laughs> <laughs> and I want you to go kill it. Um, but, um, but you, you know, I feel like there's what I've experienced as an Asian traveling the world and I've been to a lot of different places in the world. It's, I feel the same exact way. Like I feel I get cause I stick out like a sore thumb, a lot of places that I go and I get ching chonged at and I get konnichiwa at and I get grabbed at, especially as Asian female. Like I cannot oh, reiterate. How many, you know, like people talk to me and I'm just like, do you not know that I know how I have an inkling of how many websites are specifically <laughs> catered to the fetishization of me? Yeah. And then the people will tell me like, why do you guys like, I get told to my face multiple times, like, why do you guys, uh, complain? Like you guys get all the best stereotypes. And still, I'll, yeah, someone said that to me. I, and like, it's even now as an actress, I've heard a, like, a few weeks ago, 
an older white male actor said to me at an event, you know, like, it's a really tough time to be white and an actor. Like, you guys are like, he was like, wait, wait, he congrats- said that. Yeah, he said, oh, it's like, funny. I mean, I mean, I just think that like, you know, and he's like really trying to like know, white mansplain to me. He's like, it's, it's, it's a great time for you. And it's a great time. And I was like, is it? I remember somebody saying that to me after Lupita Nyong'o won her. Like, it's great to be you, huh? I was like, oh. And I was like, that means. I was like, I'm going to walk away right now. That sucks. Have a good night. How do you have see? Okay, this is my own. How do you... Uh, so then people like say, and so the, again, everyone has their, their lot, right? And that's, yeah. that's really what it, I think I wish people could understand. Cause that would be what creates that empathy and that connection saying like, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of like, it's not just, again, the racism doesn't just come from like white to black or white to Latino, white to Asian. It's all, it's yeah. everywhere, right? Like what you're yeah. saying, you go to Asian, you're treated a certain way. And if I went to Africa, maybe I'd be, cause I've, I've been treated by a, a, every, every type of person wherever I go as like an object that wants to be fucked or mm. like, or thing to be bought. Like when I went to Morocco with my brother, it became kind of hostile. At the beginning, it was like really fun and we're just trying to like take in the culture and like, eat the food and shop and people kept offering to buy me are you serious yeah they offered my brother to buy me four different times they're like how many how many camels do you want for your sister and they kept trying to say it as like a compliment they're like your sister's worth a lot and then my brother's just like he doesn't even know to like handle you know and like he's like first time we laugh it off because you're trying to like yeah like oh thank you you know she's beautiful like you 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 get a lot of camels for her and then my, like the third, he's like, she's not for sale. I'm like, sorry, you have to go through that. And like a little 12 year old, a grown ass 12 year old girl in Morocco was like ching chonging me. And I was like feeling violent to her because I've been ching chonged all over Europe because I've been living in Paris at the time. So it's just like all these things. And then people telling me that like, it's a great time to be you. You guys have the best stereotypes. And I was like, do you know how much like, how many people do not have access to education that there are Asian refugees in this country that are like, you know, and like how many mental health issues, the rate of depression and suicide in Asian communities. And like, no, but we have the best stereotypes. So like, why is it a thing? Why do you guys get so mad about like it? it, it, There's so many different ways we like people get to try to assert their authority or like their understanding quote unquote of like your experience. And I think that is a general thing that is so damaging because it dehumanizes you. Mm-hmm. You're just mm-hmm. like, Oh, you belong in that category. So like, why are y'all complaining? And, and those stereotypes, the stereotypes, the, oh, there's no good stereotype. Yeah. But the good slash bad for quotation marks sakes are so powerful are so powerful. Yeah. So when I came to this country, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not even, I'm, I'm so serious right now. The only races that existed, black, white, quote, Chinese, okay. unquote, and Indian. Like you're from India, non-Native American. That is all I saw. And I'm not saying that's all I, I understood. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That's all I understood. Yeah. Like that was it. There were no Latinos. Latinos were white to me. Okay. Yeah. Filipino, Korean, anything. No, no. Chinese. Because in Nigeria, all Asians are Chinese. Right. And it's, so I bring that here, right? And then I come to America and you learn, no, 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 no. There's all these differences. And my best friend is half Korean, half Ethiopian. And before I met this girl's parents, I didn't realize that I had all my preconceived ideas of her family. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I'm sorry, Rahel. <laughs> but I assumed, one, that her parents are divorced. I just assumed because I, I don't know where I got that from, but I picked that up at 14, 13. I was like, oh, their parents are divorced. So I go to her house. I'm like, wait, what? They're together? What? <laughs> First one, right? Uh-huh. Second one, her dad is black. Her mom is, is, her dad's Ethiopian. Her mom is Korean. I assume her mom is like this super meek, like really quiet Korean lady. No. <laughs> no. I was like, where are those girls? She is the, oh, oh my God. This woman is the most boisterous. Like she was a writer. She came to the, um, the Sundance, uh, thing in LA. I love it. Gook. She was a writer during that time. She was like pregnant with my friend during that time. She's like just so, so, well educated and so, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. Woke, I guess. Yeah. And I remember I met her and I was like, what the <laughs> is going on here? I was like, you are not in a, everything that I've thought of what an Asian woman is supposed to be like. Right. She just like slapped that. That I, goes I out the window. Seriously, I met her and I was like, wow. And that, that was one inst- instance that has stayed with me to this day where I realized just how deep those stereotypes are without me even realizing it with, with me thinking I was such a like, you know, open-minded teenager and like, right. I'm, 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 I give everybody a chance. I don't, I don't stereotype. And when I met her, I was like, wow, she just called you out without even acknowledging that. And that's amazing. I don't know. I love, I love those moments. And it's, it's a simultaneously very like, exciting but like humbling experience because so we keep getting and i i think we're in that time right now kind of bringing it to current day where it everything that we had maybe been a little bit complacent about in terms of what our understanding is we're now being forced to grow which is yeah. uncomfortable and I personally revel a little bit in that because I'm just like, look, all the, all the shittiest times in my life were the, were the moments where I advanced the most as a human. Like in retrospect, I can, I can acknowledge that. That was what caused me to break out of my comfort zone, to, to be humbled, to know like, okay, girl, you do not know all these things that you think that you are, that is it structurally, like definitively it. No, that is not the case. And I think. I can appreciate that again in retrospect because at the time it was terrible. Right. But you can say like, no, I feel like I became a better person because of that. I got to meet more amazing people because of that. I got to have better conversations and like, you know, experience things that, that enriched me versus like, it wasn't an assault to my existence to learn that I was not the smartest person in the room, <laughs> that I know everything that I like there's that to know. Assault to my existence. Yeah. It was just like, cause that's how people feel when I, you call them out. Yeah, a little bit. But maybe I'm like hoping that it's, there are a lot of people who are awakening. And I think there are. Like at the end of the day, despite how like horrible it's been, I'm really leaning on that last like razor thin shred of hope that like this is making us better. This is making us like even begrudgingly more aware. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't avoid it. That's true. That's true. I know somebody who is so, anti-politics that's how i'll phrase it mm-hmm. somebody who was like ah, i don't pay attention ma, 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 ma. yeah and then it's like with 45 no he's he knows what's going on right and he he thinks and or he actively thinks and actively has conversations about things that before would have been kind of swept under the rug totally you know so it's because we can't afford to do that anymore yeah, i feel like maybe this is a blessing i think so i'm curious for who our next president will be <sighs> 
girl. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like literally the day that we're recording. There's some, there's some crazy stuff happening. I don't know when this will air. So I can't even like, who knows? This is like the state of the world right now. It's like, who knows? And like every day you're waking up like, it's a reality show. It is absolutely a reality show. <laughs> Tune in every day. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. But yeah. in like, you know, again, who knows when we could have had this conversation. And I want to have like a jillion more. And I I would love to. I adore the shit out of you. <laughs> and Yay, I think, Angie Swore. <laughs> yeah, I think you're amazing. I think, again, I really, I really, out of the many, many people that I've been able to meet, you know, a lot of amazing and not so amazing, but like all educational, all kind of sharpening my instincts. And like, that's why I'm like patting myself on the back. But like, I feel very blessed to be able to like feel people's energy more. Like the older I get, I'm like, oh, I can feel their like, their light. I remember when I met you, I was like, yo, she's dope. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I was like, whoa, she's really cool. Oh, just cause you. I felt like, I don't know, we just clicked. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I like her. And I felt like I got to know you before because I watched your movie and I was like, wow. Cause I, I'm very critical as an actor too, just like in storytelling and like people's presence on screen and all that. And I just, I really genuinely think you did an amazing performance and I Thanks, hope that Angie. people will watch your film and follow your career because I think the choices again, that consciousness of like what, what, um, what role you play, I guess, like, you know, that's the, you say that as an actor, but ro- what role being an actor and being a storyteller plays, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that has to dictate every single thing that you do, like do whatever you want to do, but being aware of that. Yeah. And what role you play as a human even. Right. Like we all do. Yeah. And like, I think that's what uh, your work will continue to do, whether that's like the film that you make or whatever you write or whatever podcast you're on and whatever you choose to say and your Instagram, all of it. By the way, I really want to have people know where to find more information about you. So this is the yeah. plug time. Stalk me, guys. Please do. Um, so, okay, Nigerian people, if you're listening, sorry yeah, for my, my phonetics. Okay. Um, my Instagram, Twitter handles are Amono Talks. And I apologize to Nigerian people because the, the way Nigerians and I say my name is Omono, Omono, but in America, I say Omono just to cut conversation introduction time. Got it. That's a bigger discussion, man. Oh my God. Talk about identity. I'm down to have, actually, Arr! I would love to because Minji, you know, my, my name is Christine. Yeah. And I grew up with both. Oh my God. I would love to have. I would love to. Oh my goodness. Let it was us. my college uh, essay. Was my really? Name. Yes. It's, Oh my god, that's a big I want conversation. to read your writing so badly. Oh, go on my blog, guys. Okay, yes, that's <laughs> happening. It's omonotalks.com. Yes. So Instagram is omonotalks, Twitter, and so on. My name is spelled O as in orange, M as in Michigan, O as in orange, N as in Norway, O as in orange. That has been beat into me by phone calls. N as in Nigeria. N as in Nigeria. Oh my god, yes. Yes. But anyways, yeah, that's where you can, you can find me. Awesome. I cannot wait for for people to know more about you and to see your work. And I just like, again, you have such a, you're so grown. You're I such am. a young woman. <laughs> My 12 year so old Your 12 year old so happy. So happy. <laughs> just arriving to Reseda. And like, just I knew, arriving. I knew this was right. What a valley, kids. <laughs> 818. Let's wrap it. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Thank you so much for of course. this conversation. I'm like, I love this podcast because it just lets me 
record these things that I have it. Look at that. You're immortalized forever so that my children or my niece and nephew, whoever can like hear and be like, that's what she was like. <laughs> um, that's how she grew. That's how she used to be so terrible. No, um, <laughs> but if anyone out there uh, would like to please subscribe on, we are on Apple podcasts. We are on Google play. We're on Stitcher radio public, anywhere else you find your podcast. If you subscribe and review on iTunes slash Apple, like, I think they're just Apple Podcasts now. Is it? I don't. Rebranding. Hashtag rebrand. Um, <laughs> it really does help people find this podcast more. So if you do like the content, you like the voice, you and you want to contribute, please leave a review. I cry. I Like, honestly, when I have bad days, I go and read some of these reviews that people have left, and it's just super encouraging. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And um, if you'd like to support me and this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast and become a patron. I swear to God, I'm getting better at being a an administrator on that and creating more content specifically for patrons. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at first of all pod. No cast at the end. Just first of all pod. Um, you can also email first of all pod at gmail.com with any of your IMO segment uh, questions. We did not have a question this week. So sadly, you don't get to hear advice from Omono and me. I don't think you want Omono. advice from me. Yes, then. we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, but otherwise, I hope that you guys have an incredible December holiday season. You know, whatever your celebration is, let's just be grateful that we're alive and healthy. Yes. And have one another. And have this podcast. And have this podcast. <laughs> First of all, I First just had to plug it. There you go. I know. <laughs> so thank you. I love you. Good Bye. luck on your audition. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone tuning in and have a great week. Bye. Mwah. Mwah.